You're listening to Tweets Ahead, an Irish podcast where we discuss our favourite tweets and trends from the week. Whether they're social, political or from the world of sports, we love the unpredictable mess that is Twitter. Enjoy the intro music. Welcome to Tweets Ahead, an Irish podcast all about talking tweets, Twitter, and the ridiculousness of the Twitterverse. My name is Fergal, and I'm joined by Sean and Cormac this week. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Sean, I'll I, I'll go I'll go first for a change, will I? Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. mix, yeah, mix it up. Yeah, uh, I'm doing pretty good, Fergal. Probably like everybody, the weather hasn't been that great this week. So even though we're all stuck at home anyway, we weren't really able to get out. Um, uh, apart from that, I've been this typical adult, and I know we were texting about this earlier on, but I've been getting very excited about uh, some new radiators that I've been buying for the house. <laughs> yeah, the, the, your 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 big purchases we talk about every week have really changed. In, yeah, in yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'd love to see somebody do up a chart of what I what we originally began to talk about. I was buying each week, and what I've ended up buying. Sean could do a list. Uh, yeah, I could. I could categorize things for you. Yeah. So, with radiators today and yesterday, I bought myself just some general general clothes. That was it. Um, just normal clothes or like army clothes? No, just normal clothes. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> just it's a little dad joke in there, <laughs> Sean. <laughs> Sean, how's your week? How you doing? Hi Grant, um, I, I got addicted to uh, somebody <laughs> somebody uh, recommended for me to watch uh, Married at First Sight Australia and I've, yes. become, I've become addicted uh, yes. to watching it. It is incredible. Um, I'm surprised at how much I, I'm into it. Um, uh, you know, I, yeah, I just, it's, it's, I'm glued to my seat watching people take the plunge and Dealing with the with the fallout and the consequences of marrying someone at first sight. Uh, I'll be honest; I don't think they even tried to make the couples work <laughs> this season. <laughs> that one. Uh, it's uh, just good TV. Your, your man is it, Danny, the, the spiritual guy. Um, uh, Dino. Dino, sorry, Dino, yeah. the spiritual guy. At, at first, like the one he was married to was mad. She was absolutely like a head wrecker, and I was going, Jesus, I feel sorry for him. And then he turned out to be absolutely insane. And she's concerned about it. And uh, I, I didn't see that plot twist. I didn't see me feeling <laughs> sorry for the, the fella marrying this mad one. And then I actually ended up feeling sorry for her. Yeah. And, oh, my God. This nice. show will keep you on your toes. Um, yeah. This has really come full circle, by the way, because I used to, I, I can, not necessarily Sean, but specifically remember getting stick off Fergal a couple of years back because I used to watch things like Made in Chelsea 
and here he and is. This is different. Here he oh, is, no. was married at first sight. No, no, Australia, no. no less. No, no, no. no. He's this not even like he's not even watching you, the original, like the American thing. Don't you dare compare yeah, married at first sight is, with Made in Chelsea. How this, dare you? This is this is some turn of events. That's all I'll say. Married at first sight is not some scripted tosh, right? I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, and, what, what, what are we thinking of uh, looking at in today's episode? I'm looking at the cat lawyer. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> the, the cat, the cat who's the lawyer. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, you've seen it on on, on Twitter. Uh, the, the the Zoom call that went viral. The yep. Zoom call that went viral. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Cormac, what are you going to have a look at? I am going to look at a sort of review and preview of. Ireland's Six Nations game both last weekend, the fallout of it and a quick preview of, of this weekend's game against France which I don't think any of us are looking forward to unfortunately um, I know I'll be looking at the Heinz Beans slash Weedabix debacle that was all over Twitter this week Okay, let's have a look at it Sean, I'm going to come to you first. Um, you have decided to look at uh, some sort of legal cat situation. It sounds like a really weird a, a TV legal, show. Yeah, a legal cat. Some sort of Alan Beale yeah. kind of all, cat crossover. Yeah, it was pretty. It was. I, I saw it during the week. I was showing it to my dad. I suppose it's pretty funny because we've seen we've seen a lot of Zoom calls go wrong. You know, during the lockdown. I remember there was, did you ever see, did you see the one when um, it was like a gym in Scotland that they're having an online class and all these like dirty old men joined in? <laughs> no. Um, did you not see this? I don't think so. No, <laughs> what? A what? How there's did you find out about it? <laughs> I, I just, uh, no, so like in Scotland, uh, <laughs> there was, I, I'm just going to start off talking about all these Zoom things that went wrong and then I'm going to play the, the cat video. Okay. But, uh, but basically, it was one in Scotland where, um, there was like a, a fitness class and it was like all um you know middle i know middle-aged women and a couple of men taking part in this fitness class and these like the, the gym trainer put the zoom password up on on facebook oh, no. which are in these like dirty old these dirty old men log in <laughs> and completely in the nip um <laughs> yeah hold on hold on sorry great sorry the, the old men were in the nip the old men are in the nip having right, a, having a, having um, a great time with themselves. Doing a few um, squats. Yeah, it was pretty horrible to see. <laughs> then uh, I'm trying to think. Obviously, have you seen other Zoom calls that went wrong? Or well, no, I that have. One always stuck out. Well, it was hard to get it out of my head <laughs> once I saw it. I have, as in, like the mo- most I've seen gone wrong is like. Uh, you know, kids coming into the background or there was one where a newsreader in America, I think his dog come in and maybe done a poo on the floor, something like that when he was at home reading the weather. Yeah, there's there's one going around, I think two weeks ago, of uh, a teacher doing a Zoom class in America. And there's all the all the kids, kids are there how, like going along with the lesson. And all of a sudden, one of the kids looks up and there's someone in the room with him and then, <laughs> then all of a sudden in the background his mother goes into the closet and she's completely in the nip and the teacher has a conniption fit <laughs> like turn off your screen um, that was another one I saw then there was a priest saying mass and he went up on fire God. yeah a couple of them that were just gold but this one 
I think this one um, kind of stood out in everybody's um, minds because it, it kind of reminds people of like when they have trouble with technology. So this lawyer, um, yeah, he, he obviously didn't really know know what to do. They were having a Zoom meeting. It was actually like some sort of, it was like live court. And he obviously didn't realize that he, he said his name was, what was his name? Um, Rod Ponton. I thought his name was Cat Lawyer. Yeah. Cat Lawyer, yeah. Well, Rod Ponton, <laughs> he didn't realize, um, he said he was in the way, you know the way Zoom puts you in a, a waiting room. Yeah, yeah. And he could see himself on the screen and it was all fine. But typically enough, as soon as the meeting started, um, a filter came on and it was a cat filter. So he looked like a little kitten. Um, <laughs> like, like like a Snapchat filter kind of thing. Like a Snapchat filter, yeah. And he didn't know how to turn it off. And I suppose it, this one's funny because everybody can identify when something goes wrong with technology and they can't fix it. Yeah. Um, and something kind of endearing about that. Um, but it's also in the way that he kind of pleads to the judge. He kind of has to find himself like um, <laughs> pleading with him to reassure him that he's not a cat. Um, I'll play the video and then we'll, we'll talk about what you thought about it. But um, yeah, okay. I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. You might want to. Uh, uh, we're trying to. We're tr can you hear me, judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It, and it is, and I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's, I'm here live. That's not, I'm not a cat. I can, I can see that. <laughs> I suppose it's the facial... Uh... It's the facial kind of uh, things that the, the kitten makes as well. It makes it so endearing as well. He, he kind of looks sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He looks like um, he looks like a cat lawyer pleading for, to the judge. Pleading for, to the judge. For some reason, his voice really goes with the, the kitten filter. I, I actually don't know why. But, like, it's, it's, it's one of the, for some reason, it really works really well with, with the kitten filter. How you imagine your 17 cats sound like, Cormac? Well, actually, Fergal, I only have, uh, let's see, one, Bruce, Lucky, Misty, that's three. Uh, should I say Bruce, Lucky, Misty, <laughs> and Molly. So I only got four. However, the cat that's directly behind me right now, uh, you can just maybe see an orange. Yeah. That's, that's not my cat and it doesn't live here. <laughs> that's my neighbor's cat what is, what is your life <laughs> I don't know uh, but uh, it, came, it came into the house it's quite quiet and it's not nice outside so I'll put it back out when in a, in a wee while but anyway that's moving away let's let's not talk about <laughs> your cats <laughs> my cats let's talk about what Sean's talking about um, yeah so, it's yeah go on Cork like how did this end does he get off or you know he felt like I saw a thing up like it's 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 written on the video that like no one was like it's illegal to record the record have a screen recording of the of the Zoom meeting because obviously it's 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 court official court, but apparently the judge thought it was that funny that he he put it up on social media um himself so he uh, like he overruled the ruling that it was illegal <laughs> to screen record it, um and he obviously kind of enjoyed the whole how funny it was and uh, I, I guess the rest of the internet um there's plenty of memes 
uh, going around about it. I'm not a cat. I saw one like a, a cross between the Bernie Sanders meme. Um, there's one up I saw up early over the the Hartford uh, <laughs> council meeting, and you can see everybody, oh, you know, yeah. and, uh, everybody, and then the cat in the corner um, with, with a worried look on his on his face. Uh, yeah. Thought that was quite funny. Um, blind boy. Um, Boat Club put up the pandemic was worth it just for the Zoom filter cat. And I think he's, he said he must have wasted about half an hour looking at the video over and over again. Um, yeah, it, it's it's quickly a, a meme on the internet now. It's, it's, it's a thing. Cat lawyer is the new, is the new thing. Does he solve crime at night? <laughs> I mean, I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a great TV series, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. yeah. They should have played the... Does anyone remember the Meow game from Super Troopers? No, that's, that's a <laughs> the Meow game. <laughs> yeah, it's like he comes up and he stops a guy uh, in a car, and it's like they they have a bet to see how many times they can they can say Meow while while they've pulled the car over. And he's like he walks up to the side of the car and he's like, "Your man, uh, he pulls your man over for speeding." And, like his first thing is, "All right, Meow." And he's like, hand over your license and registration. <laughs> your, man, <laughs> your man's there going, did he just say meow? Like, <laughs> he keeps trying to figure out ways to, to add in meow. So, you know, I would have done that if I was on that same call. You have to lean into these things. Exactly. Yeah, you, you have, have to go for yeah. yeah. It would have been funny if he just did the whole thing. And I'm, I wonder, did he get it? I don't know if he got it off or not in the end. Does anybody know if the cat filter is the only filter available? And how do you... But how do you access these? I thought you would know. Yeah, yeah I mean, it yeah. must be it must be like a third party app or something. Must be because there's no. Yeah. I, I had a route around Zoom. And I didn't see anything. Those. I tell you what. I'll when when you and Cormac are doing your piece, I'll try and find it. And if I find it, I can like, <laughs> I can advertise it to everybody. Um, yeah, if you find it, can you give us a quick meow and just let us know? Yeah, yeah I will. <laughs> I'll meow. I'll meow in the, in the middle of it. <laughs> yes, this is where you find. Yeah, that's the cat lawyer. I thought it was pretty, pretty brilliant. Yeah, excellent stuff, Sean. I know this week I was looking at the, I assume you guys saw the whole Weedabix Heinz beans debacle online. See any of that? I tried not to, but but I, I excuse, I saw you like a tweet around it. Come uh, you? It was quite funny now, but the more, <laughs> the more I seen it then, I seen it all over Twitter then for a couple of days and it started to really upset me. Why? What? Okay, before I ask you why it was upsetting you, Cormac. Um, so what happened was uh, Weedabix tweeted out, uh, "Why should bread have all the fun uh, when there's Weedabix serving up Heinz beans on Bix for breakfast with a twist?" Hashtag it has to be Heinz. Hashtag have you had your Weedabix? So Heinz were advertising their, uh, you know, two slabs of Weedabix on a plate with uh, some Heinz beans just spread all over the Weedabix. Slabs. <laughs> well, how else would you describe Weedabix? I don't know. I'm not sure if I would describe It's a slab. But anyway, go on. Two two Weedabix. Weedabai? Weedabix. Weedabai. Um, two Weedabai and Heinz beans. So, yeah, so they tweeted it out and, and people quickly became disgusted <laughs> by the image of it. Uh, like look at it there, just like a load of beans draped on the Weedabix. But uh, Cormac, what what about this? Um, were you trying to stay away from in particular? I just, just I don't know. Like, like I like well, no, I probably don't have so much of a of a grow for the for the Weedabix. But 
like I really like the two foods kind of separately as such. Um, yeah. I, I just kind of don't know. It's just wrong. Obviously, it's hard for people. I, I'm going to assume most people that have, that, that will be listening, have seen this in some way, shape or form. But it's just, it's just wrong. Like, and then I'm not even too sure about the presentation. Should should the Weedabix not be in, in, in the bowl of beans rather than on the plate? I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure. I keep trying to imagine what it would taste like. And it just it just doesn't seem right. It just doesn't in my mouth. It just doesn't seem. Well, it's only right a, to have to have that blandness and then that sauceness. And I like Weedabix. It's got that. Mo- I I would have Weedabix every morning. I would have uh, Weedabix honey and banana. That'd be that'd be my Weedabix. Do you take do you take hot milk on it or cold milk? Oh, cold milk. I'm not an animal. Mm. I don't. Hot milk is a bit. I just have. It gets porridge. all soggy and it gets all. Yeah. Like porridge, just a, just a porridge. Yeah. Yeah. I have to object. But, Would you? Um, if I was having it, I'd probably have hot milk. But uh, despite my quite rotund size, I, I haven't had breakfast in a long, long, long time. I don't do you, not have, do you not have breakfast? No, I, I, I don't feel well in the mornings. <laughs> I've got morning sickness <laughs> for a number of years now. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think we can. I think we can all relate to that. But um, I just don't know. This is obviously in response to what is this in response to? Something wasn't there something else? Was there something last week? What were we talking about last in, week? In, well, we talked about innocent smoothies last week, weren't yeah. we? And, and innocent smoothies had previously um, done their their their, their Heinz baked beans f- version of their smoothie. I guess they did kind of jokingly released a, a tweet about it, and Cormac, you're convinced it exists somewhere, just we haven't seen it in the shops. Oh, I'm fully convinced it exists. Yeah, it, it seems like something. I have a feeling, and I'm not, I'm not having a go with the English, but I have a feeling it's something that oh, probably, ex, probably exists mostly over there. Right, uh, Cormac is, I don't know, firing shots over across the pond. But yeah, uh, yeah so what, what really intrigued me about this whole trend? Listen, there's a couple of cracking replies to the whole thing. But for me, what really intrigued me and what is a quite a strange phenomenon on Twitter and I guess in social media in general is uh, the interaction between corporate brands that is happening yeah. frequently these days and uh, everyone's getting very pally and friendly and it's odd to see you know makes it makes you wonder does it Cormac what does it make you wonder it makes me wonder are they all in not in cahoots <laughs> are they all kind of like each taking a turn to do something like this and then they'll all kind of, you know, like it's some sort of great big marketing ploy throughout them all. I, I, I see you've something lined up there from Domino's. What are they going to come out with next? You know, they could be next. Could be them coming yeah. out with a big well, bean yeah. pizza. It was quite obviously a stunt to come up with like a horrible combination that people would be outraged over and get. Because like it's a thing that's happening over in... Um, Americans keep coming up with these horrible um, ideas. Like, um, I saw, like I saw, I saw one where they were using like Cheetos as like um, they had a turkey, and they grinded up all these Cheetos, and then yeah. they covered the turkey in the Cheetos, and then got a big block of cheddar cheese and like stuffed it up the turkey, and then like it just looked wrong. It looked horrible, and then like instead of like like the, like they boiled the turkey. Or I can't, what? I don't know what? Exactly whoa, whoa, whoa. I know what it did. If they're putting Cheetos on it, that's good. they're baking it, Sean. It's got to be. Anyway, 
they put it in the oven with potatoes and stuff all around it and more Cheetos on it. And then like like when they were cutting it open, like they, they cut the turkey open and all the melted cheese was inside and you could just see the whole carcass. It looked absolutely horrible. Um, and then there was another one the other day where like a woman got like some like a big like tin of nacho cheese and like spread it all over a counter and then put this like grey beef meat on it and lettuce and beans and tortilla chips. You on dodgy like, websites again, Sean. What? Are you on dodgy websites again? No, this is on this is on Twitter. <laughs> okay. And then like she like mixed it all up into this goo and then got like a, a wafer cone and like put the mixture into it. Like they're doing these horrible things. What? Which, like 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 minced beef, Sean? Was it? Yeah, it was like dry, cold minced beef. Oh, Jesus. It just looked horrible. But like, did you... you know, they're, they're doing it for the outrage effect. And yeah. yeah. I Are just they? wonder, did we depict CDs and kind of think, oh, we could we could do this and cause a bit of outrage and a bit of publicity. Yeah, I suppose so. The only thing I would, like Americans have always had those sort of horrendous, <laughs> horrendous food. Yeah. Out. Yeah, if you look, look at yams, isn't that the thing with a sweet potato to put like marshmallow on top of it and put it in the oven? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just a bit surprised that uh, a sort of, we say, European company like, like Guidovix going down this way. But but yeah, it's obviously, it is, of course, a, a stunt. Yeah, and it's clever for advertising because what they're doing is they're putting out a, a ridiculous concept and just allowing kind of comedians and other companies to really do their marketing for them, you know? So uh, it's very cheap. <clears throat> but um, what I kind of want to go through was with some of the, the, the terrible, terrible corporate responses to this. <laughs> like a, so like, they're just so cheesy and terrible. Um, I, I felt as if I need to share them with the good folks listening. Cormac Wright Domino's is the first one I saw. Uh, Domino's Pizza UK tweeting out, uh, us, pineapple on pizza is the most controversial food ever. Weedabix, hold my spoon. Yeah. So I guess. I, you're, you're both of you could probably disagree with me here, but we pineapple on pizza is just a no. I I have liked I have liked it in the past. Well, of course he has. Yeah, but I, I would I wouldn't order it. But if it was like, if it just if it's there, I'd eat it. You know. Um, I'd say like that like chicken that chicken Maryland where like the fry banana and, and pineapple with chicken. I say you'd like that type of thing. Is that? Is that Chicken Maryland? I thought yeah. it was something different. I thought Chicken Maryland was something different. No, like the fried banana and pineapple. I'd probably like give it a go. I like fried banana. Disgusting. <laughs> I'd have like, a, as a kid, I'd have like a banana toasty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. With chicken. God. Oh, with chicken. Uh, yeah, maybe that's a bit far. Um, also, Specsavers, also, you know, the glasses company also replied with, if you can't beat them, join them. And it's just a photo of someone's put like two pairs of glasses on a plate and just covered it in beans. Yeah, they've <laughs> literally they've literally sent like the intern out to Tesco on, on their lunch break. Yeah, well, what a little what, snap pot of beans. What I love about this is the the, the social media person who actually posted respects there was actually quote retu- quote retweeted it herself um, at Helen Gradwell. And she just said, working in social media means explaining to your partner who's never been on Twitter in his life why you're spooning beans onto two plates of glass or two pairs of glasses at 9 p.m. on a Tuesday. That's, yeah, I don't know how you explain that. Even if, even, 
even even trying to explain it, I I I would be so disappointed. Yeah. Well, listen, not <laughs> not, not every not every corporate company was getting in on the act. Um, you know, some Specsavers did tweet out that picture of glasses covered in beans. Uh, ASOS, the online retail store. Uh, did reply to them saying we'll have to respectfully decline whatever challenge this is <laughs> which I quite liked Good, a bit of sass there from one of the companies uh, but yeah there's plenty of other um, businesses getting in on the act you know um, Beef Eater Gin yeah the English one uh, they replied to uh, Heinz Heinz also retweeted it out and they replied to Heinz saying hey Heinz hit us up for a new for a new vial cocktail idea we've just had Bean Eater and Tonic which sounds awful. I don't drink that purely because of the name of it. it yeah. Like, I, and I, I mean, I eat meat, so it's not a vegetarian thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just have this irrational fear that there's some sort of beef in the gin. I don't, I don't know Wait, hold on a second. Yeah, it's like beef eater. Oh, I'm not you think that. there's beef in beef eater gin? I don't, but I just think they could have had a better name for it. Like, it's, it's an alcohol. It doesn't need to be named. Like... Like Not silver better. gin or something. Yeah. What does beef eater mean? What is beef eater? Is that a? Be- I tell you why it's beef eater. Isn't it? Isn't it the name of the queen's guards? They're called beef eaters. Wouldn't, They're the ones with the big hats. Wouldn't, wouldn't know. <laughs> that's... No, you wouldn't know, but yeah. uh, that's why that's that's it's from London, so that's why they call it beef eater yeah. gin. Well, that's a that's a ridiculous name for anybody. Uh, McFitty's biscuits. Um, replied to Weedwick saying any views on dunking a chalk di- digestive in a cup of beans and just a picture of someone dunking wasting a perfect, perfectly good biscuit uh, by dipping it into a, a can of Heinz beans I can't imagine I would soak up much of it Cormac your favourite brand came back oh, instant smoothies yeah and they they replied to Weedwick and Heinz saying even we wouldn't do this we're not monsters yeah, and I, I, I like that somebody has taken them to task over that. Yeah, I, and again, it's just the, the nuances of Twitter, you know, like, um, so they, this, it's queer, clearly a, a, a joke reply from Innocence Moody's and someone's replied to them real serious. This you and a picture of <clears throat> the fake Heinz beans thing to try to release last year. Like, I think, I think that was the joke. <laughs> what do you mean fake? Uh, as, <laughs> as, as of yet as of yet proven <laughs> smoothie yeah. flavour yeah sorry yeah, yeah. Uh, Crispy Cream replied as well saying uh, saying sorry seeing as all the rules are at the window fancy a gravy filled donut no I could actually see that being a thing though. ah go away well maybe maybe in the maybe in the States <laughs> yeah I could see that let's get some gravy you know Sam Allardyce would be round the corner to and for for gravy filled donuts. <laughs> True. Uh, but my favourite, my favourite, I won't say it's a corporate reply, but that's a reply coming from a, a verified account. <laughs> and this is shocking. So my favourite reply came from uh, the State of Israel. So the official Twitter account of the State of Israel mm. replied to Wiedebix and Heinz saying, finally something that all Middle Eastern countries can agree on. Just no. Also, want to know how you can upgrade your Weetabix? Use hummus. Well, they, they'll probably make all the Palestinians eat Weetabix and beans anyway, so... Yeah, well, gonna, that's a golden reply. They're going to fire Weetabix and beans into the, into the West Bank. 
Yeah, like at Tommy, <laughs> at, at Tommy thirteen, Art replied saying, "There you have it. Genocide is fine, but Israel drew a line at beans and wheat mm, Absolutely, yeah, absolutely incredible. I I can't like that is just the most tone deaf thing I've ever seen. I I I don't think you know the Israeli government really care. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> they're fairly tone deaf as it is. It's true. Um, An excellent vaccination program, though. Yeah, apparently, yeah. So the whole thing ended quite strangely. There was a marriage proposal what? put out on Twitter. Yep. So I don't know if you guys have seen this. Uh, Heinz has been running a competition for a few weeks now where you can win a special can of beans for Valentine's Day that says marry me on the front. No, What's even funny about this is um, my fiance. Um, entered this competition a couple of weeks ago and she has won a can of the Marry Me Heinz beans and they are on they are on their way to us as we speak. But I'm uh going to buy a box of Edebix as well. For Valentine's Day, yeah. Yeah. Pretty romantic. But uh Heinz, you know, put out a picture of this this awful thing, this uh uh, Valentine's Day kind of of kind of spaghetti. It's like it's like spaghetti letters. I just said, dear Redux, it's been a it's been a bit of a world a whirlwind romance with a few brands questioning what we have. Shall we make it official? <laughs> Hashtag Wheated Beans Wedding. That's brutal, isn't it? Toyota responded saying, "Can we lend you? We can lend you the perfect car for your wedding <laughs> and a picture of a Toyota with like fucking cans of beans at the back of it." And um. Park Holidays replied saying, honeymoon pending, uh, obviously offering their services for the honeymoon between uh, a can of beans and a couple of weed books. Uh, what I did, what I also saw around this was uh, a brilliant tweet out from, uh, weirdly enough, the, the Worldwide Cancer Research Fund tweeted out that they've got someone who works in their office who eats something even worse than beans on weed books. Uh, and they tweeted out saying, uh, not sure what's worse, beans on weed books or Heinz spaghetti on pancakes which we found our PR officer eating on pancake day last year and a picture of like Heinz spaghetti on top of a pancake, which sounds way worse, way worse <laughs> than Weedabix and beans. Oh, I'd, I'd let them go. I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd fire them. Nah, it's desperate, isn't it? Anyway, so in the meantime, Weedabix have also tweeted out um, serving suggestions with uh, include Marmite. Mm-hmm. So uh, putting Marmite all over their Weedabix. And um, and pouring it in, in an innocent smoothie into the, the bowl with the Weedabix as well. The only thing I can compare it to, and I think maybe, I'm, I'm hoping this was, I, I know it wasn't, but I'm hoping this wasn't um, just my granny. When I when I went to my granny's and like I'd say I was hungry, I would literally get like a piece of bread, butter and sugar. <laughs> like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe the sandwiches we'd get. Like that's the only thing I can compare. Like since then, I've not, eat, not eaten anything. <laughs> Like absurd, you know. Yeah. Cool. Well, listen that that was um that was my little bit on Heinz beans and Weedabix. Uh Cormac, before we move on to yourself, I just want to um play a podcast promotion. Okie doke. So our podcast promotion this week is the Jury Room Podcast. Uh, this podcast is a dark, serious, detailed podcast dealing with anything true crime, from serial killers to cold cases and everything in between. Um, this week, the next episode, it's dealing with BTK, 
who, uh, as a serial killer, you might remember from the series Mindhunter. He was always that kind of that serial killer being kind of in the background that the guys were waiting to, to catch. Here's the trailer. All serial killers live next door to someone. And Dennis Rader was no different. Better known under the pseudonym BTK. Bind, torture, kill. Raider was an expert at the double life. Devoted dad by day. Savage killer at night. He managed to get away with murder for three entire decades. He built his children a treehouse that he later stashed Polaroids of his victims in. He calmed his daughter's fears when she told him she was afraid of the serial killer on the loose. The only thing I can figure out, the killer later said, is that I have compartmentalized somewhere in my body. I can live a normal life and quickly switch from one gear to the next. I guess that's why I got away with it. Would you be fooled by Raider's act? Find out on the next episode of The Jury Room. All right, Cormac, coming to you this week. <clears throat> you, were, you said you were going to have a look at some Six Nation stuff that was happening on Twitter. I am, uh, because I meant to cover it last week as in a quick preview that it, that it was actually starting, but, but it worked out better because uh, <laughs> the fallout from it has been a lot more dramatic than the, than the preview up to it. I, I think everybody knows with COVID um, kind of sporting events, they're just kind of happening. There's no real huge build up to them the way that they're previously used to be. So there wasn't really much last weekend other than the fact that it was on. Obviously, on the Saturday, there was the big result, Scotland beating England. And then I think we expected to beat Wales the next day. But Fergal, I know you'd text me the day before going, oh, no, this is this is not good. As soon as, yeah. as, soon as Scotland beat England, I texted Cormac and said, well, that's too good of a result. Too good of a result. Surely we could not capitalise upon that. Because, you know, why would we? So I think before we move on to Ireland, I, I the Scots have a chance against what I felt last weekend was a pretty poor Welsh side. Uh, and they're actually missing, I think, two or three players that started last weekend because of injuries and concussion themselves. So Scotland could realistically go two for two this weekend and then Grand Slam's on. <laughs> Which I didn't. I I know I've said in the past that like the Scottish rugby team are like most Scottish sports teams at international level are are a gimme, as in like they're going to make a mess of things. But yeah, it, it would act. How typical would it be during COVID, like during a pandemic, if Scotland were to finally win? Well, I don't mean finally, but you know, it's been a long time since the one Six Nations. Never mind Grand Slam. Yeah, yeah, or even like one four games you know or, like or a triple crown like it, it yeah. would just be extremely typical of covid that scotland could go on and win this but obviously there's a long way to go but i, I suppose today the announcement was made the, the irish team and i'll just i'll just call it out quickly one to 15 
Uh, Keane Healy, Rob Herring, Andrew Porter, Ty Burns back in. Ian Henderson starts as captain for because James Ryan is, is gone. He's he's out. So that's a big loss. Yeah. Reese Ruddock comes in for the suspended Peter O'Mahony, and I suspect probably not see Peter O'Mahony again this Six Nations. I don't know what you think about that. Um, then at seven, we've Josh van der Fleer. CJ Stander retains his place from last week at eight. Connor Murray, this morning, it was muted that he might have some sort of injury, but would still be likely to start. And then around lunchtime, it became clear that he wasn't going to start. He had a hamstring injury. So Jemison Gibson-Park is in. A lot of surprise that maybe Luke McGrath didn't get called in because he's supposedly the, the form nine at the moment in, in the country. Then the big talking point, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, is uh, Burns is in a 10. Henshaw and Ringrose, who were both brilliant last weekend, retained their place 12 and 13. Your favourite player, Keith Ayles, is back at 14. James Lowe was on the opposite wing at 11, and Hugo Keenan is in at 15. The replacements are Callagher, Byrne, Furlong, who must be close to pushing back for a start now at this stage. Alton Delan, Will Connors, Casey from Munster is the replacement, nine, Ross Byrne, and Jordan Larmer. What's your, do either of you have initial feelings on what the team? Is like considering we've now lost three, three starters from, well, four if you count, we say um, is it three? I think I think it's, I think it's like eight changes or something, isn't there? Yeah, well, I suppose the big surprise was, uh, Murray today, as in there wasn't really much talk about that injury yesterday. I think all week they knew, well, Ryan had come off injured last week and there was doubts about Sexton, but. The big surprise today was, was was Murray. That seemed quite a nowhere. And I seen a stat earlier on that this is Ireland's first Six Nation games game since two thousand eleven that they have not started with um, Sexton and 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 Murray in the team. So yeah. one of those one of those two has been in the team since two thousand eleven. So I I know there's a lot of people clamoring on Twitter and everywhere for us to find replacements for those two players. But both to be missing in the same week is quite a big loss. What what do you think of that? What, what do you call the double barrel name? Sorry for the for the scrum D- half. I can't double barrel name, J- Jemison Gibson Park. <laughs> yeah, Gibson. I I like Gibson Park. I th- I think he's, he gives quick ball. I think I think he, he gives quicker ball than one. He, he, oh, he's very good. I I like him too. I I think as for whatever reason, it seems to happen with players that come into the Irish team on form. His last couple of months have not been his his best. I think everything up until he got into the Irish team was fantastic. And then he played a few games in the winter and maybe hasn't been as playing as well since since then. I think Luke McGrath is back kind of on top in Leinster at the moment. Yeah. I'm I'm a big McGrath fan. Um what I would say is it's it's a real ball playing backline it's nearly like a French league kind of backline in some ways uh, it's very kind of it's very 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 quick I don't think we won't see maybe as much kicking as we have um, in the last couple of games so I'm, I'm kind of excited to see it I think good for Billy Burns kind of coming in and playing um, after his kind of disastrous last touch last week but I think it'll be unfair to 
to criticise him for going for the corner when he did. Yeah, well, this is this is kind of where I wanted to turn the conversation. Uh, it was unfair to criticise him for... Well, no, I don't think it was unfair to criticise him for, for missing the kick. I think there is, a, there is a fine... I know we've talked about this before in other areas. Uh, the innocent smoothie debacle last week. <laughs> um, what cons- like what constitutes criticism and what constitutes abuse? He, he got a lot of abuse last week on, on Twitter after the game. And maybe what should have been offered was constructive criticism about, you know, how, you know, all he needs to do is miss that kick high. You know, he doesn't necessarily need to go to be and try and be too precise for the corner. Yeah, t- Twitter's a brutal place for athletes, you know. And um, I did. I, I, oh, sorry. No, I wasn't ahead, so much angry, angry about the last kick of the game. I think about five minutes before that. Ireland had good ball and had a good good setup attack. And for some reason, he kicked he kicked it across the field. Um, I don't know why. It, it, it just seemed to kick kick into nowhere, or when it should have went ball to ball to hand. And uh, I I just thought that was a scuppered attack. Um, I think that was more worthy of criticism than mm. going for the corner. Yeah, I think unfortunately because it was the last play. Like it's harsh on Burns because. He was all bar maybe I'd say Henshaw and two other players. I think every player on that pitch made a mistake last week in some way, shape, or form. You know, so it's harsh on him because it was the last, like it was the defining moment of the game. So he gets the he he gets the the brunt of it. But it actually opened up a, an interesting debate, and I'm laughing and smiling down the camera here because I know Fergal is probably not gonna be too happy with this. Or definitely not agree with this, but there was a lot of people on Twitter suggested that maybe rugby players get an easier ride when it comes to this sort of stuff than players from other team sports. Fergal, what what do you, what do you think of, think of that? Do you think that if, if that was a footballer, he would have been more heavily criticised for making a big mistake? You think? I wonder. Is it because there's more pessimism associated with the football team? online like we're, we're used to the football team playing bad so everyone kind of piles on whereas with the rugby team the last 10 years have been they're they're a good team you know um even now they're not playing well but they're still like a top five team uh so i, I just wonder is that why they get an easier ride because they I give think, us a bit more joy i think it's more the culture of rugby like uh, it was it's 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 kind of there's a team acceptability of mistakes because like if, if you know, if one one fella makes a mistake, it trickles down into other mistakes. So the the, the whole team have a responsibility as such that it's it's always seen as a as a, a, a team thing. Because I remember one brief period I played rugby. That's that was always the thing. If it wasn't really about an individual mistakes, because it would trickle down into everybody else's game. So it was a it was more of a team response thing rather than one individual. Whereas soccer. Yeah, there's more individualism in soccer. It's it's not seen as much of a as a as a team team thing, really, is it? What what do we think of Twitter as a place for athletes in general? I don't think I think it should be part of their. Sean probably we've had debates about this uh, a lot over the last few weeks in terms of free speech and that. But I genuinely think if they're contracted to a club or something at international level they 
they really shouldn't be kind of not allowed to tweet, but maybe their interactions on those platforms should be kept at a at a minimum to avoid. I'm not going to suggest that Billy Barnes logged on to Twitter after the game <laughs> to see what people were were saying about him, but I suspect he heard about it. My, my reviews are terrible. <laughs> Whether it affected him or not, uh, he definitely heard about it. Like I seen, was it Caelan Doris or somebody put up like, be kind. I mean, I seen a couple of other outlets <laughs> kind of referred to that this week going like, that's actually embarrassing for Billy Barnes. Like, I'm, sure, so? I'm sure he just wants to like get on with rectifying the mistake and like not yeah 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 having to deal with that stuff in in public or on Twitter. I mean, the fact that he's starting again this week either suggests one of two things: that he's fully recovered from it, or that we are in serious trouble in the ten position. That there's nobody else can come in to to do the job. So either Farrell has full faith in him that he's recovered from it, or that. Or there, there genuinely is nobody else. Yeah. Any any more good uh, Twitter reactions to McCormick? Uh, in terms of of Billy Barnes, no. I think, I think the best Twitter reactions from the Irish camp have come around uh, Johnny Sexton. A midweek, it looked like he passed most of his return to play protocols for concussion, and then about Wednesday or so, some stuff started to break from the the ever lovely French media uh, started to break around Sexton and previous injuries. I don't know if you've seen, have you seen that? I heard some drips and drabs about the story. Basically, <clears throat> for whatever reason, they decided to interview his old, his ex team doctor in, in France when he played, when, when he played at Racing well, and yeah. the, the doctor kind of gave an inaccurate number of, of head injuries that, that Johnny had suffered for whatever reason. I think, I, yeah, what happened was they seemed to have, they seemed to, French media seemed to have hounded uh, the, the ex-neurologist Jean-Francois Charman. I think I, I think I might have that right. But he then managed to divulge some information that he thought was in the public domain, but actually wasn't in the public domain. Apparently, Johnny Sexton has a lot more concussions and head injuries on his record than we as fans have been led to believe Uh oh, you know um, Sexton and Andy Farrell in particular were not very happy about this being released Sexton kind of said, said via, via Twitter and via other news outlets that he would have to look into this because he feels it's a breach of his personal and private uh, <laughs> medical history that this sort of stuff shouldn't be devolved uh, Andy Farrell thought he was on Virgin Media Sport. They tweeted out, uh, Andy Farrell said it, it stunk on so many grounds, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> so I think Farrell is suggesting that it may not be a coincidence that they're, they're playing France this weekend. Ooh, I didn't even think of that. I don't know why. It didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. Sa- sa- saboteur. <laughs> well, it's only a 10-second clip, and it, and it literally just does just say, on it, he on it, he, he in it, tweeted out from the clip it, it, he does just say look honestly it's stuck, stunk on so many grounds I'll leave it at that uh, Sexton himself uh, said you know he feels it's very inappropriate that an ex-urologist that he attended as a as a private patient who stood him down for 12 weeks 
felt it was okay to speak about it. Uh, like so, up until that came out, it seemed like Sexton was going to start, and then it was a lot of furore about it, even in Irish media, and it looks like that maybe forced both the doctors and Farrell's hand not not to play him. That seems yeah. to be the reaction on 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 Twitter that you know this is not a coincidence now at this this stage. I, I well, don't know what you think of that, Fergal. Well, I know if we lose this weekend, we'll blame it on that. Well, ex- exactly. And in in some slightly better but not so great news at the same time, your favourite referee, Wayne Barnes, is not refereeing on Sunday, but he is involved as an assistant ref. So I assume at some stage we're probably going to get, get screwed over. Just before I finish up, though, both of you, what... What do you expect on Sunday? What What do you think? Like, like, what What are they going to do? I mean, a lot of people seem to think on on Twitter and in the media, although France didn't win the, the last Six Nations, they're they're pretty well placed to possibly go and, and win this one. But I did watch France versus Italy last weekend, and they gave away a lot of opportunities that I would think if we get, we probably should take advantage of. But I'm not sure if we're in the right frame of mind to take advantage of them. I don't know how, Fergal, how you feel the game's going to go. Oh, France are going <clears> to... <throat> well, I, th- I think France are going to win. I think they're... At the minute, they're better than us and they're playing like an actual team which they haven't done for a long time. And I, I think they're going to win the Six Nations easily enough. Do you think so? Yep. I think it's been a walk in the park for France, the Six Nations. Sean, as somebody that has a French connection, well, what I do you think? What do you think is going to happen? A bit more optimistic, optimistic. I think like France were always going to look good against Italy. Um, their young team. I thought like I thought that Ireland with their performance last week. I think we would have bet Wales by ten points if we hadn't had the sending off. Definitely, no, no doubt about it. Um, well, I thought Wales I were poor. Wales were Wales were poor, but Ireland had a good sixteen minute spell. I thought, and I think. I think France will come in dribs and drabs. I think they'll look, they'll be they'll be on and off throughout the whole game. They'll, they'll have a good spell and they'll have a bad spell. I'd be more optimistic that it'll be a tight game. And we could pip it. I think. Well, I, I, I would, I, I would agree with both of you, and that's that's <laughs> that's me sort of sitting on the fence. I do think if if we play like we played last weekend with with fifteen, we we've a, we have a good chance, but I also think uh, Fergal is right. The French are more of a team, and if we make the mistake of kicking the ball to them too much, we're going to be in serious trouble. Yeah, well, we'll find out this weekend, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> not might yeah. not be a great Valentine's Day. No, no. Well, at least at least it's it's in, oh, it's not in Paris, is it? No, it's, not. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a romantic Dublin. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, guys, we'll, we'll wrap up the episode, but did you have any kind of tweets of the week this week or anything that really caught your eye? Sean? 
Actually, sorry, I didn't. I'm, I'm, I'm immediately looking up on my, on my thing. Was there anything? I, I actually have enough for all of us. <laughs> so I did. Um, I, I have one. Uh, I've one to do with Elton John. One to do, do with the Healy Rays, and one to do with. I'm sure you've seen this today. People booking dentist appointments in Tenerife so they can go on holidays. Have you? Have has anybody seen this? No. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. So people yeah, have been yeah. um, uh, emailing dentists uh, surgeries in Tenerife, I think it was, um, and basically booking appointments. So they had uh, email confirmation from that dentist to say that they're going, that they, that they needed to go there to, to, to get the surgery, and then using that as an excuse to uh, get on, on flights, essentially, and go on holidays. That's that's exactly it. I, I think the Guardi have now been in touch <laughs> Tenerife. Where that goes in terms of jurisdiction, I, I don't actually know. But I, yeah. Uh, the other one I enjoyed was actually uh, <laughs> it's Elton John for some reason. Uh, can you? I don't know if you can see that. Uh, Elton John was kind of helping to promote the NHS. You know, get get your vaccine kind of kind of thing. But uh, his picture. Uh, looks really angry and Carl Kinsella tweeted out Elton John looks like he's about to come onto the pitch and batter the ref at his grandson's under eight football match <laughs> as you can see there he looks I really saw that Joe. I saw that it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant um, he looks really really angry and Sean I don't know if you have found one but uh, kind of no <laughs> there was, there was also one, one there was one there about um, your Favorite politicians, the the Healy Rays, yeah. John Moynes tweeted out a picture of the Healy Rays accompanied with little known fact: Kerry was the first county in Ireland to get the first and second dose, and it's a picture of the of the Healy Rays. Well played, well played, uh, Sean. I'm going to skip you because you you haven't done your homework, uh, but I know my tweet of the week. Cormac is related to your Six Nations piece. Oh. Basically, I know, I know. It's all, it's, listen, it's all, it's all linked. And a chap called at Ricky Harry's tweeted out, um, hi, at Scotland team. So he, he, he tagged the official uh, Scottish rugby account. Uh, I just seen Finn Russell, Hamish Watson and Hoggy in an Edinburgh boozer breaking lockdown rules. <laughs> Moved them from the 23 for Saturday or I'm telling Sturgeon, you've got until 1 p.m. So clearly, yeah, it's a Welsh fan kind of putting up a fake tweet about players breaking lockdown rules uh, as a joke. Uh, and some of the reactions and replies are ah, absolutely tremendous. Uh, well worth having a look at. But basically people like claiming that to see other kind of players that, that are great for the other teams in the Six Nations and, and uh, different pubs in that other end uh, lockdown. That's ridiculous. Like, have we, yeah. like, have we resorted to that now? <laughs> I don't know, but I kind of love it. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I seen Anton Dupont walking down my road earlier on with a <laughs> big bag of cans, but <laughs> big bag of cans, big bag of harp. Yeah. All right, listen, chaps. Thanks a million for joining me this week. As always, I hope you had a good time tonight. We did, Fergal. Can can I can we play out to Pat Kenny talking about talking about gee? Talking about gee. <laughs> Yeah, have you not heard this though? No. This is Sean. Have you heard this? I heard it was Justine Stafford had a had the thing on it, didn't she? 
Actually, that would have been my tweet of the week. A couple of people (laughs) have got this. Pat Kenny had a lady on the radio uh, talking about a product, a butter replacement or an oil replacement called ghee. Called ghee. He uh, got a lot of glee from it, never mind anything else. But I thought maybe we could... We, we have you have you got it ready to go? Oh, I've got it ready since, <laughs> since we came on. Fabio. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to do the outro to the podcast, Cormac, and instead of playing the usual uh, brilliant music by Bill Coleman called "Welcome to the Breakdown," you can play that instead. Okay, um, so thanks for listening to Tweets Ahead. You can catch us on all major podcast platforms like Spotify, Anchor, Amazon, Castbox, Apple, whatever you use for your podcasts. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Tweets Ahead Cast. I've been Fergal. I've been joined by Sean and Cormac. And I guess playing us out instead of Bill Coleman this week is, uh, well, here's Justin Safford's version of, I guess, Pat Kenny talking about ghee. There is a product that uh, you might call Butter's Sister, and it has the unfortunate name of ghee. <laughs> What's ghee? Can I just first commend you on your courage for inviting me on live national radio to talk about ghee? And <laughs> to I've brought some in today, so I'm so chuffed that you volunteered to smell my ghee as well. In my mind, it smells, it smells sensational. Tell us, Pat. It's, it's, it smells a bit rank to me. Yes. Oh. <laughs> in the jar, you have the ghee. Yeah, yeah, authentic, hot ghee. That's why I love ghee. So how do you use your ghee? <laughs> well, Pat, since you asked. <laughs> and it's so tasty, it really is. So is it a question that I'll have two pounds of uh, bananas and I'll have a, a kilo of sugar? Uh, and give me some ghee, please. <laughs> Authentic Irish ghee. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for talking ghee with us this morning. <laughs>